0: Shalom mishpocha. Welcome to this Kadima Talk, Good and Effective Leadership. What is leadership? Well, according to John Maxwell, leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Warren Bennis called it the capacity to translate vision into reality. Leadership is the art of motivating a group of people to act toward achieving a common goal. Leadership is unifying and motivating people to go to places they normally wouldn't, but should be. Dwight D. Eisenhower said leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because they want to do it. Corporate realms, transactional leadership has an expectation of return for performance with various motivations, goals, advancements, salaries. Transformational leadership is motivating, inspiring, and transforming individuals in biblical morality, character, integrity, honor, courage, loyalty, and commitment. It's inspired righteous living by obedience to God. Being a good, effective leader is not easy. It's something we strive for and work on daily. One must possess effective leadership qualities that help them achieve higher goals and objectives. There are two basic leadership categories, one of position and one of power. In the military, we were trained that you honored the position, the collar devices, regardless if you like the person or not. You always had to respect the position, just as it is with our president today. it doesn 't matter if I like him or not it doesn 't matter if I voted for him or not. But if Potus, if the President of the United States walked into my office right now, I would immediately stand and greet him with deference as Mr. President. Power and leadership comes from those who have great wealth, which comes with influence, the basis of leadership. Neither category makes one a leader i've been on many submarines in my life and Met the person who retains the positional leadership spot, but they aren't the leader. I would often get to a new command and just watch for a month and see what was really happening behind the scenes. I've learned that when a person approaches me and states they're the person in charge, they're not the person in charge. Leadership requires many traits. The first one is integrity. Integrity is a core quality that every leader must possess. You cannot run any ministry or business successfully if you lack integrity. Integrity is what you do when you believe no one is watching you. Integrity is the foundation of good leadership, and one must stand for their beliefs. No matter how hard a situation, a good leader inspires with principles and ethics without compromise. They refrain from making false promises or taking shortcuts, choosing thoughts and actions over personal gain. My personal life is dedicated to serving and ministering unto Adonai. I cannot and will not compromise my core ethical, biblical values. And if I did, I would have zero integrity. First Chronicles 29, verse 17, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and take pleasure in integrity. Notice the connection between heart and integrity. As for myself, I've given all these things willingly in the integrity of my heart. And now with joy, I've seen your people who are present here give willingly to you. In Psalms 101, verse 6, it says, I looked to the faithful of the land, so that they can be my companions. Those who live lives of integrity can be servants of mine. Character is another core foundation of leadership. Listen, you can't choose your eye, your hair, or your skin color, but character is a core trait that we choose to build and create in our lives in ministries or businesses. Adversity is the womb of character. The core traits of character are honor. Honor means you're accountable for your behavior and your actions. To remember the privilege Adonai has placed upon you to serve him, and tendus flock honor requires us to abide by an uncompromising code of integrity taking full responsibility for our actions our behaviors our deeds our vows and our word conduct yourself in the highest ethical manner in relationship uh, with your congregations with your businesses with your family with your spouse be honest and truthful in your interactions within and outside the body of messiah to live and walk in a biblical ethical manner both publicly and privately one of the things uh that's often referred to about me personally. And uh, those who know me, I believe, will find this to be true, that I am what I am. What you see is what you get. There's no uh, facade, there's no persona going on. Uh, As you interact with me, it's who I am. Another one is courage. Courage is the value that gives you the moral and mental strength to do what is right with confidence and resolution. Even in the face of trials, temptation, and adversity, Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, without fear. It's the foundation of bravery, the ability to overcome fear. It's intestinal fortitude. Courage requires us to have the courage to do and perform what I is both called and commanded you to do, to make decisions and act in the best interests both of the body of Messiah, uh, within our movement, within your congregation, within your uh, businesses, within your homes, without regard to personal desires, agendas, or consequences. To overcome all challenges, fear, and adversity while adhering to the highest biblical standards of integrity, character, and loyalty. Notice how these terms are interchangeable. We just finished integrity, yet it comes up as we're speaking about this. So they're they're interactive, they're interconnected. You can't segregate them. It also requires me being loyal to my leadership, to the congregation, to the body of Messiah by ensuring the gifts and talents entrusted to me are used in a biblical fashion and not squandered or abused. Commitment is critical. The day-to-day duty of every individual in the body of Messiah is to strive for Echad, for unity and loyalty, to work together as the greater body of Messiah, to share the kingdom of God, to improve the quality and quantity of congregates through their commitment unto Adonai and Yeshua. Commitment requires us to foster loyalty, commitment, and respect through the greater movement in your congregation or in your business, to share and walk in God's love, to care for and feed the sheep, to seek spiritual wholeness for the greater body of Messiah to walk in love with all of God's creation, people without regard to race, culture, or gender, to strive for and exhibit the highest level of biblical moral character, loyalty, integrity, purity, and holiness in all that I do. Another core trait needed is loyalty. Loyalty is a quality or state or an instance of being loyal. Loyal is unswerving and allegiance. Good and effective leader must be loyal. Listen, we've been members of the MJAA and the IMCS for 20 years. I would never join another organization. Yeshua said in Luke 16 that you can't serve two masters. You'll hate one and love the other. The value of knowing that someone is there for you through any situation or crisis is second to none, which is why loyalty is such a critical core value. I've shared this many times in these talks, and I'm going to share it one more time. Joshua was Moshe's loyal number two for 40 years. It's interesting that just 50 years ago, the average person worked for two to three corporations in the entire life. By the age of 30, today, people have worked for 10 to 15 corporations. There's a severe lack of loyalty. We experience it in our congregations. You experience it in business. People have a problem with loyalty, but loyalty is a core trait required for good and effective leadership. Good and effective leaders must be innovative. A good leader will be innovative, will be able to adapt and overcome, a good Marine Corps term. Innovation provides an atmosphere of freedom that allows others to bring forth and implement ideas. Many people have great ideas but lack the will, the motivation, and the determination to act on them. But innovative leaders are not one of them. Innovative leaders are open to new ideas and discussions. They listen to everyone actively and also motivate others to think outside the box, this quality gives them an edge over others since they're always hunting for uh, new creations or creativity and innovations. Listen, we've completely rebranded our ministry in the last 18 months through the pandemic, employing creative and innovative ways of our very talented staff here at Congregation Zion sake. They've fought outside the box. The the recommendations for these Kadima talks come from the staff. This wasn't my idea. And they've striven to get the word out. We've rebranded our uh, live stream. We've rebranded our YouTube. We've rebranded our our, uh, uh, internet page. Everything, just like these Kadima talks, they're all innovative and outside the box. Good and effective leaders are honest and transparent. Honesty and transparency are essential non-compromising quality of a good leader. Honesty is required to earn trust and respect from people, congregates, and or customers. People see leaders who are loyal to their words, who are accountable. Honesty is the most valued trait of a good leader. I've stood before the congregation numerous times in the past 21 years and have repented of a false or errant teaching and asked for forgiveness. I've done the same with my sailors when I was still on active duty. If you're honest and truthful, people will follow you anywhere because they will trust and respect you. Good and effective leaders are active listeners. Active listening is an excellent quality to have when it comes to leadership. Good leaders listen to people with great attention and sincerity. It helps to build esprit de corps. Active listening builds trust and relationships over the long haul. Good leaders listen to the person and the message without interrupting what's being said. Communication requires an interaction and relationship that conveys to the other person that we really care about them, that we appreciate them, we respect them, we care about their input, their ideas, regardless if it's used or not. Obtaining the skill and ability to listen, to not just hear, isn't easy. In fact, this is a core tenet of our walk in faith in the kingdom Shema, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We're commanded to shema, not just to hear, but to listen. And, and it's not easy. It requires a humble spirit and awareness to respect others. When there's a healthy communication and group motivation, the result is high morale and personal discipline. Good and effective leaders have self-confidence. People seek confidence from their leaders. This has never been more apparent than the last 18 months to two years through this pandemic and the crisis we're facing as a nation. People are seeking out confident leaders. It's a key driver of effective leadership. The ability to both possess and exhibit confidence will have a measurable impact on your ability to lead well. It's important to know what confidence is and what it isn't. Confidence improves your leadership abilities. Confidence is not arrogance. An arrogant person elevates themselves while putting others down. Every action and behavior is cold as calculated to elevate self while making sure others know of their importance. Confidence isn't cockiness. A cocky person will brag and show off how good they are. They may not necessarily put others down, but they're a braggart. On the end, of the end of the spectrum, confidence is not passivity. A passive person knows that they're not good and thinks everyone else is better. They go along letting things happen to them, convinced they're helpless to do anything about it. Dr. Craig Manning defines confidence as this. Confidence is a feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Self-confidence is a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. Many people confuse self-confidence with arrogance. They're very different behaviors. You cannot have too much self-confidence. Store up as much as you can to help you in difficult times. A confident person doesn't hesitate in making decisions or when asked a question, the answer comes immediately. Confidence takes time. This is something you're going to read a couple of pages out of a book or listen to this Kadima talk and have it. Confidence comes from doing and performing that job, making these decisions, and walking through these experiences of life to build that confidence in who you are, how to make a decision, and how to get the job done. Confidence is something you build over time. It's coupled with loyalty. A good and effective leader has vision. Where there is no vision, people perish, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Every organization, and I mean every organization, must have a clear vision, but only one. More than one vision is die vision And your organization must have a clear and concise vision statement. This doesn't matter if you're in a congregation or if this is your business or, I'll have to be honest with you, even a relationship and a marriage. Where Bitson and I always have three- to five-year plans, we're always looking to the future. What are we going to be doing five years from now and how are we going to obtain those goals? A vision statement, you write it down, is what that organization, what that relationship, what that congregation wants to become. A vision statement describes how the future will look If you achieve its mission, its goal, a mission statement gives the overall purpose of an organization, while a vision statement describes a picture of the preferred picture. A good and effective leader with vision will take risks and make unconventional decisions to achieve success. A good and effective leader delegates. The one who can successfully delegate is operating in the highest type or level of leadership. Delegation involving other people in the day-to-day responsibilities offers tremendous growth for both your Kehela, your congregation, or your business. It's one of the most important functions of senior leadership. By involving others in God's mission and calling, we are cooperating with Adonai's plan to release the gifts and talents within your people or your congregates, or your employees. Also, an essential factor to note here is that the ability to delegate does not limit to delegating tasks to others. It also means having the awareness and the understanding of who has the necessary skills and expertise to complete the task. You have to know your people, and you have to know that they have the skill sets to do what you're delegating them to do. Mindful delegation is vital to save time and future inconveniences and issues. Strong and effective leaders have decision-making skills. Good leaders are decisive and know how to help the organization, your congregates, the customers, the employees. This is, this is a fascinating story. I don't think I've shared this on the Kadima Talks here before. I might have. We've done so many now, I can't recollect all of them. But on my last submarine, I was going in for my diving officer final qualification, which is done by the CO. The diving officer of the ship was one of five qualifications that only the skipper himself signed off on. Now, this wasn't my first rodeo. I've been qualified dive, uh, diving officer on other submarines. So what I knew from previous experiences was that there's going to be a lot of detailed knowledge. There's a lot of standard operating procedures. There's emergency operating procedures, exactly what we do in a time of crisis, how to get to ship to periscope depth, how to get to the surface, how we maintain and move water back and forth to keep a zero bubble to keep the ship on You know, I understand it's like an aircraft, but it's in the water. So we're moving in a 3D environment and it takes a lot of skill sets and a lot of understanding and extreme ship knowledge on how to do this. So I had studied and studied and studied. I had all my books, all my uh, dots, uh, T's crossed and I's dotted. You know, I, I was sweating bullets over this. And so when I walk into CO's stateroom, he says, hey, senior chief, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine, sir. He says, how's your family? How's Barb? You know, he's, he's kind of, I figured, man, he's trying to get inside my head. And, uh, and he says, have a seat. I said, thank you, sir. I sit down. He says, how about a cup of coffee? He had a craft and a cup. And I said, yes, sir, that'd be great. So he he kind of chatted me up for a little bit, and it, it kind of set me off a little bit. I was like, "Man, here we go, here we go, this is going to be horrible." And uh, and so he sits back and he says, uh, "You know, I know you've been qualified this on other ships." I said, "Yes, sir, I have." And he said, uh, "Tell me, wh- wh- what's the most important thing about this? What's the most what's the most important? What's the single most important aspect of being diving officer?" And so my mind now uh, is, is a wheeling whirl of I'm, I'm going through the ops, the, the, I'm going through the books, I'm going through, I'm like, man, where's he going with this? And he reaches out and he, he, he touches my forearm and he says, Senior Chief, just sit back and relax. He, he says there's a, a philosophy that I want to convey to you, and, and that was about decision-making skills. He said as a diving officer, the worst possible thing, that couldn't occur. The worst possible thing you can do is nothing. When something happens, make a decision, go forth with it. Because if you seize and can't make a decision in a time of crisis, you'll sink the ship and the entire crew will be lost. I've never forgotten that moment. It's been almost 30 years ago. And I remember it as clear as I'm talking to you today right now. The worst possible thing you can do is nothing. A good and effective leader will make decisions. They've got the skill sets to do it. A good and effective leader has to have the ability to solve problems. Resolving problems is a key skill set for a good leader. You're going to face challenges and problems daily. There's not a day go by here in this congregation, in this office, that we don't have some issues, some minor crisis, some fires that we're putting out, as well as our day-to-day routines. Problem-solving skills will allow one to solve issues quickly and effectively. This goes hand-in-hand with decision-making, which is why these two are right next to each other. Problem-solving skills requires quick identification of the issues at hand to come up with and implement a solution. Because remember, the worst possible thing you could do is nothing. When it comes to good and effective leadership, problem-solving skills are crucial. Effective leadership requires the ability to identify and define problems, then quickly and efficiently resolve them. A good and effective leader's got a positive attitude. I want to refer to scripture here for a second, Numbers 13, verses 30 through 31. And this is about when the 12 spies were sent in and uh, 10 gave a bad report, but two uh, came back with a good report. And so when the news got out, when the spies come back and they said, oh, there's all these giants, blah, 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 uh, Caleb silenced the people around Moshe and said, we ought to go up immediately And take possession of it. There is no question we can conquer it. Verse 31. But when the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack those people because they are stronger than we are. Listen, why was there such a vast difference in the reports for the spies? You know, scripture states their reports are as different and far apart as east is from the west. The difference was their attitudes, attitude makes all the difference. Attitude development is the first tenet of success. Whether it's job-related, home and spouse-related, your congregation, the first step to success in what you're doing here is attitude. We see this play out in the word, in the actions of Joshua and Caleb when they compared to the 10 other spies. Number one, our attitude determines our approach to life. And what does he say? We ought to go up immediately and take possession of it. There's no question we can conquer it. It's obvious that Caleb had a winner's attitude. His approach was one of trust and faith. And he said, we should move right now. Number two, our attitude determines our relationship with people. Caleb silenced the people around Moshe and said, listen, he's close to Moshe and has the ability to silence them. He had favor with the government and had the ability to make them listen, uh, at least temporarily. Did they do what he said? No. It's going to cost them 40 years in the land. But they listened to him. He had favor. He had what? Leadership. He had influence. Number three, our attitude is often the only difference between success and failure. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack these people because they're stronger than we are. They're speaking defeat. They've already lost it in their minds and their heart. The battle is won in the heart, not on the battlefield. Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Number four, our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. What did he say? We ought to go up immediately and take possession of it. There's no question we can conquer it. Attitude is a necessary, uh, a positive attitude is necessary for good and effective leadership. Next, you've got to be self-motivated. A good leader is able to motivate others. And good leaders always motivate their staff, their congregates, or employees and boost their morale when needed. Motivation is key in serving Adonai, and I've shared this so often. So many ministry leaders and business leaders fail because they aren't motivated. Listen, you—you've got to have some uh, internal discipline. No one makes me get up every morning. Listen, I, you know, I'm the senior rabbi here. I founded this place. I'm the CEO. I could just come in at noon or one o'clock every day, but how would that motivate the staff? What kind of influence and example am I setting for those who come in and want to meet with me? What, you know, what am I sharing others with others when I do those sort of things? You've got to be motivated and uh, your motivation will motivate others. People must be motivated. This is intertwined with initiative. So you've got to take initiative and be motivated. Motivation is a state of being motivated, having a desire or willingness to act. Number two, something that motivates, an inducement, a reason, a goal, a desire to do. It's an interest or drive. So you've got to be driven. It's something that's a mindset, and you've got to get up every day and be motivated and be driven. And I'll be honest with you. I want to get up and come to work every day. I enjoy serving God. I enjoy intermingling with the people and the staff and to see how talented they are and their ideas and their skill sets. And I love to help people work through their problems and get resolved and see God transform their lives. it's a motivation, it's a drive. I want to do this. Without understanding people's motivations, leaders fail to capture the potential that's available to them. There's no higher calling and satisfaction in life in working for the kingdom of serving Adonai. We are called to reveal heaven's worth and value to fellow believers, congregants to motivate them towards dedicated service of ministering before Adonai. Many leaders, congregational leaders, businesses fail because the leader isn't motivated to get up, to get going, to do what's necessary to achieve success. Motivation is simply the condition of being motivated or inspired to act. Throughout scripture, Adonai divinely motivates his people to action. From dreams and visions to burning bushes to fleeces, from earthquakes, roaring winds, and storms, to a still small voice. Adonai uses all things to motivate people to obey his commands and mitzvahs, to walk and rise into the calling and destiny in his kingdom. But there can be false motivations. So it's important here to be motivated, but to be motivated for the right reasons, for service unto God with a humble heart, not for self-motives that are destructive and heresy. People keep themselves motivated and set an example to follow. Motivation provides examples for others. Yeshua said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men in Matthew 4, 19. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, try to imitate me even as I myself try to imitate the Messiah. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 7, for you yourselves know how you must imitate or follow us, that we were not idle when we were among you. These verses reveal the power of example. It creates a tremendous motivational impact on others when they see and experience the transformative power of God and his blessings working through you. What we desire to manifest in the lives of others must first be witnessed and experienced in our own life. If you want motivated staff, if you want motivated congregates, if you want motivated employees, then you've got to be motivated. Motivation builds esprit de corps, this is the second time I've said this. Esprit de corps describes a spirit of a body, of a person, a group spirit, a sense of pride, honor. When a team or congregation experiences this higher spiritual unity and sense of dedication to its purpose, the more it motivates its members to make an impact and succeed. Esprit de corps takes time, but one who is wise will make it a priority to do so, to motivate and build esprit de corps. This is done by leading your team or congregation or your employees to a place of clarity, a place where they clearly see the impact, the value, and the kingdom purpose of what they are doing, that they're part of something bigger, that you're making a positive change for good. And again, what's the essence of, le- of leadership? But it's influence. And so people's lives are being transformed. You're influencing people. Once esprit de corps is established, it generates its own momentum. Yet it requires strong, focused, effective leadership. You need motivation to keep it going. Good and effective leaders are humble. Humility is a required essential quality of good, sound leaders. It's recorded that one of history's greatest leaders, Moshe, was also the world's most humblest man. Humble leaders are the best leaders. Humility will allow leaders to defer success and achievement to their staff, which inspires them to even greater success. Humility will allow you to admit mistakes and errors, and others then see the honesty and transparency in you. You can't be honest and transparent unless you have humility. Humble, biblical-based leaders know that leadership is all about working for the greater good of the team. We also call this servant leaderships. As you're in a congregation, we serve the people. We do so out of humility. Humble leaders transform, not dominate. Humility is the key to progress. Humility means that we use our talents and capabilities to build the team and to create success and achievement in others. Colossians 3, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Listen, good and effective leaders need self-discipline. Good leaders are self-disciplined and have time management skills. Good and effective leaders are disciplined. They find time for both prayer and solitude. Solitude does not come naturally or easily. Other great leaders from Lincoln to Churchill to Edison followed Yeshua's example of setting aside quiet time. Strategic withdrawal is a necessary part of success. Our own famous George Washington said, Discipline is the soul of an army. It makes small numbers formidable, procure success to the weak, and esteem to all. Harry Emerson Fostick, pastor and author, a guide to understanding the Bible in the 30s, said, No horse gets anywhere until he's harnessed. No stream or no gas drives anything until it's confined. No Niagara is ever turned into light and power unless it's tunneled and dammed. No life ever grows great until it's focused, dedicated, and disciplined. And this is the difference between being hot or being lukewarm. You know, at 211 degrees, water's a nice, hot bath. But at 212 degrees, it can drive a locomotive to pull an entire train. But you've got to be disciplined to set the fire, to stoke the flames, and to get up and get moving every day. Harry S. Truman said, In reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. All organizations today in our world, in our media, in our Internet, things are fast-paced. And uh, your employees, your congregants, your staff, they're occupied. They're overwhelmed with large workloads coupled with time constraints. Self-discipline can help achieve more and keep the work environment at ease. Good and effective leaders have passion. Corporations, experts. Men have spent copious amounts of time, energy, and money attempting to figure out what makes people successful. Human nature tends to look at credentials, intelligence, degrees, education, even their looks to solve the success riddle. But the reality is, more than anything else, is passion. Passion is what makes the difference. Psalms 20, verse 4, may he grant you your heart's desire and bring all your plans to success. Your passion and desire determines your destiny. The stronger your fire, the greater the desire and the greater the potential. Passion increases your willpower. When there's a passion and tribe, you will succeed. It's my passion to win souls for the kingdom. It's my passion to see the kingdom expanded. It's my passion to see you be successful. That's why we do these Kadima talks, because the most important thing I can do is raise up the next generation to help those around me to see people radically transformed for the kingdom. That's a passion of mine that drives me, and it gives me the willpower to succeed. There is no substitute for passion. I'll take passion over talent any time. This is one of the things I've talked about with Joshua for our worship team and even in the staff. We could have the world's greatest guitar player, but if there's no passion for the kingdom, if they're not serving God, then I'd take a mediocre musician with passion for the kingdom than the world's best musician who has no desire or passion for the kingdom at all. It is the fuel for the will. If you want anything bad enough, you will find the willpower to achieve it and will have the passion to succeed. Passionate leaders elevate productivity and ensure that employees commit to their vision. Passionate leaders instill still motivation in their congregates, their employees, the staff, which helps to achieve the desired vision. Good and effective leaders have to be accountable. Accountability is a quality of all great leaders. Being an accountable leader, it's not easy. It means you have to owe up to commitments and promises to the mistakes you've made. It means being answerable to the actions and decisions made by you and by those you lead. Accountable leaders establish clear goals and targets. They focus on the future and also owe up to their mistakes. They ask for help when needed and provide honest and constructive feedback when it's needed as well. I once had a sage man, Sid Roth, told me, be wary the person in the kingdom of God who doesn't have accountability. They're lone wolves. They're wolves' and sheep's clothing. Everyone needs to have accountability. I'm so honored to be part of the MJAA and the IMCS. They're accountability partners. We've got boards established here that keep me accountable. I've got staff that keeps me accountable. One of the things I often say is when you walk into my office, the first thing glaring right at you is my computer screen. You know why that is? It keeps me accountable. Everyone has the passwords to my accounts. It keeps me accountable. There has to be accountability in all that you do in serving the Lord and in your business and all the tasks that the Lord gives you. Good and effective leaders empower. A leader with good leadership and solid qualities empowers his staff, his team members to get the job done. Great leaders can empower their team members to achieve maximum productivity and organizational success. This is done through teaching, training, and equipping your people with everything they need to succeed. I believe in doing this. I believe in getting the equipment we need to be successful. I believe in the training and the schooling and the teaching that the staff can be successful. This builds then their sense of self-worth and commitment towards the organization. Good leaders know how to unleash the positive traits in others. They understand that the only way to do what they do is is by empowering them, giving them every tool necessary to achieve success. Leaders take it as a daily practice to continuously empower people and strengthen the team, and you'll be a good and effective leader. And the last thing I want to share today is good and effective leaders know how to execute. They know how to make things happen. Many can aim and find the target, but they're unable to pull the trigger. Don't kid yourself and believe that success will just somehow happen achievements just don't fall in your lap. It takes hard work. You've got to know how to put a plan together, how to execute it, and how to get it done. And this is an ongoing and continuous, the minute you stop growing, the minute you're not expanding, either as a business or a congregation, you're already stale, you're not relevant, and you're behind the power curve. And so to be able to execute plans is something that's done on a routine basis, monthly, quarterly, annually, but you've got to keep moving, got to keep expanding, got to keep growing right to the very end. The kingdom of God is forever moving, and we're following behind, moving with it. And to do so, you've got to be able to execute plans. You've got to be able to make things happen. You've got to carry the word of God forth and see it firmly established, both in your congregation, in the world, in your nation, and in your family. Miss Pocha, I hope this Kadima talk has been helpful to you. I pray that you achieve success in all that you do, and I pray that you become a good and effective leader. In Yeshua's name, God bless you.